0: Morning. With us arriving at the fourth Sunday of Advent, we also arrive at the fourth and final week of our Advent preaching series, that of the born identity. In the first week, we talked about how each and every one of us has been gifted by God a particular identity, that of a beloved son or beloved daughter of God the Most High. But due to original sin, our own personal sins, the desires and beliefs and thoughts of others, and even the machinations and activity of the devil, many of us have become disassociated from our real identity. We don't live the identity we were born to have. And thus, we talked about how the only one who has a claim on who and what we are is that of our Lord Jesus Christ, and that He perfects and brings about that claim in the baptismal font in those waters of regeneration where we are washed clean of the effects of original sin, where we are strengthened with an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, where we are anointed and claimed for Christ with an indelible mark that can never be removed. But through that, we enter the Christian life and the question must arise, how then do we grow this Christian life? How then do we nourish this Christian life? Well, the answer is that of our Lord in the Eucharist who gives himself so freely for us as the bread of angels, the true food and true drink, that of his body, blood, soul, and divinity that he, every time we receive communion, he pours out more grace. He gives us that daily bread we need to thrive in the Christian life. And when we separate ourselves From receiving that daily bread, we become spiritually malnourished and we become weak on the way. But then there is a final sacrament, a last sacrament of initiation and one that has much confusion about it because unfortunately, people have many ideas about what the sacrament of confirmation is, but few actually hit the nail on the head. For some, it's simply that of a rite of passage, a graduation into adulthood in your Catholic faith. And in a small way, yes it is, but that's not, that's not the point of confirmation. It's not just to have a graduation ceremony to say, there you go, a pat on the back, you're now fully Catholic. No, it has a much deeper purpose because it is a sacrament and every sacrament has a particular effect baptism, the removal of original sin, the Eucharist, that of nourishing us in communion with our Lord. But what does confirmation do? Well, confirmation brings to completion the work that begins at baptism. We talked about that indelible mark, those outpourings of the Holy Spirit that is given at baptism. Confirmation takes that and brings it to fulfillment with a further outpouring of the Spirit's to quote the Catechism in paragraph 1289, confirmation both confirms baptism and strengthens baptismal grace. Christians, which means anointed, are derived from Christ himself, who God anointed with the Holy Spirit, and thus what is brought to completion then allows us to do what we were called to do, to go and live out the Christian life. And we are able to do this because we receive power from on high. To again quote from the catechism a little bit more, "Clove with power from on high so the baptized may be Jesus's witnesses. They confirm person receives the power to profess faith in Christ publicly and, as it were, officially. Confirmation imprints on the soul an indelible spiritual mark, a character, which is the sign that Jesus Christ has marked a Christian with the seal of his spirit by clothing him with power from on high that he may be his witness. And we see this in the New Testament, in the Acts of the Apostles at Pentecost, we see The first form of confirmation when the Holy Spirit descended upon the apostles as tongues of fire and a strong blowing wind. Let us look at the example of St. Peter, our first pope. Before he received that outpouring of the Spirit, that confirmation, he was a fearful individual. He was one that who tried to do things with natural strength, with his natural ability, without the aid of God. And what happens time and time again, he puts his foot in his mouth. He gets rebuked by Jesus, even gets called Satan. But yet, let us look to what happens to him after he receives that further outpouring of the Spirit at Pentecost. He goes out into the crowds of Jerusalem and preaches Jesus Christ. And it converts 3,000 individuals because it was not him acting alone. He was empowered with power from on high. He received the graces of the Holy Spirit. He was emboldened to go do that and every single one of us is called in the same way to go and give witness. That is why Christ has given us this final sacrament of initiation that what has been begun in us may come to completion, that it may be effective in the world, that you and I may be like Saint Peter, that you and I may be like Saint Paul and all the many saints who have gone before us to preach Christ to the nations, to preach Christ Christ in our homes. And not only do we get this power from on high, but we receive particular gifts. To quote from the prayer of the bishop over those to be confirmed from the rite of confirmation All powerful God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, by water and Holy Spirit, you freed your sons and daughters from sin and gave them new life. Send your Holy Spirit upon them to be their helper and guide. Give them The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of right judgment and courage, the spirit of knowledge and reverence. Fill them with the spirit of wonder and awe at your presence. We ask this through Christ our Lord. That is the prayer the bishop prays over the confirmandi, those to be confirmed. We're not only asking for this. Holy, the Holy Spirit to come, but for him to bring about every fruit, every grace, every ability in the life of these particular Christians who are receiving the sacrament. And again, we're called to be those witnesses of Christ, that these gifts are not just given to us just to say, here you go, have a nice gift. No, they are given for a purpose. It'd be like if, um, I'm going to go back to Louisville here. If a dad were to give his son a pair of keys at Christmas, a pair of keys to a brand new John Deere tractor, and the son, he just looks at the keys, he jingles them, he looks at them heavy, and then he puts them on the shelf. But he never goes into the barn to turn on the tractor. That tractor is never going to be actualized. It's never going to fulfill its purpose. The gift will never achieve what it was meant to do, to be used, to bring about goodness. How many of us, when we have received the sacrament of confirmation, any time we receive a sacrament, do we simply just, oh, this is nice, and then we put it on the shelf? How many of us actually ask Christ, Lord, I realize you have given me particular graces. It may have been many, many years ago for some of you who have received confirmation, but have you ever asked, Lord, I want to... Live in the spirit that you have poured out into my heart. I want to have all the fruits and the graces of your Holy Spirit in my life. How many of us have done that? Imagine if all of us were to start doing that, if all of us were to start living with the graces and the gifts that each and every one of us that Christ has given us, not only from our baptism, not only in the Eucharist, but in that of confirmation also. There's a problem though, as we have been talking from the beginning, the enemy doesn't like it when a Christian is living out his life to the fullest, when he is living, he or she is living out their born identity. So what does Satan do? He comes with lies. He comes and saying, oh, confirmation, that's not a big deal. Oh, you could skip that. Don't worry about that. Or he'll say, He wants us to rely on our natural abilities. Oh, you don't need that. You can do that on your own. Why why do you need to go through all this process? Why do you need to go to all them classes? The enemy keeps on telling these lies to dissuade us from receiving that grace that we need to live life to the fullest. The other lies he says is you're alone. Nobody's fighting for you. You won't know what to say when things come about as a Christian. Why, 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 why prepare yourself for that? You're not smart enough to be a witness for Christ. You don't have the power of speech, the power of tongue. You don't have the charisma. You're not holy enough. Oh, Catholics, they don't share their faith. Or if you speak about Jesus, people will laugh or reject you. But here's the thing. Those are lies of the enemy that directly counteract the purpose of confirmation. Because again, when we are confirmed, we're confirmed, not just to say we're confirmed, but to go and give witness to be a voice in the world, to be a light in the darkness. To quote from Ephesians, finally, draw your strength from the Lord in his mighty power. Put on the armor of God so that you may be able to stand firm against the tactics of the devil. For our struggle is not with flesh or blood, but with principalities, with powers, and the rulers of the world of this present darkness. With evil spirits in heaven, or in Mark thirteen eleven, you have been given an advocate of the Holy Spirit to fight on your behalf and give you the words you need to say. When they lead you away and hand you over, do not worry beforehand about what you are to say, but say whatever will be given to you at that hour, for it will not be you who are speaking, but the Holy Spirit. That's the effects of confirmation, that when we know not what to say in those moments of trials and tribulations and those dark moments in our own families when we get that stirring of a word that we have no idea where that word of consolation or that word of knowledge or that word of peace comes from, that is us living in the Holy Spirit, allowing him to well up from in us to go out to others. And he's our inheritance. He is our possession. We, as Christians, are able to have the third person of the Trinity dwell within our lives to give us power, to give us strength, to be with us on the journey as we hear in Scripture, the Lord is my inheritance. And what greater inheritance than that of the very Spirit of God living within us? So thus the action item for this week is, for those who have been confirmed, again, some of you a long time ago, some of you not so re- some, some of you very recently, to go and pray in prayer this week and ask the Lord for a particular gift that you may live out the gifts of the Holy Spirit in your life, not just for your good, but the good of your family the good of your coworkers, the good of all Christian men and women and for the salvation of those who are not Christians. But some of you here for one reason or another may have not received confirmation. Maybe you slipped through the cracks. Maybe you decide the last minute not to go through it. Whatever it may have been, may have been. We have a wonderful opportunity in our parish for you to receive the sacrament of confirmation. It's called the rite of Christian initiation, RCIA. you will probably have heard that term thrown around so many times, but It's a wonderful program and you can join at any time. And look, once we get you ready, once we have you go through these classes, once we prepare you for the sacrament, you'll be able to receive it and be able to begin truly living out the born identity, the identity that each and every one of us was born to live out, an identity rooted in Christ, an identity rooted in his sacraments, an identity rooted in his love. Amen.